I'm ready. You are listening to The Brazilian Beat. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion music making community one interview at a time. Courtney, welcome. We don't do two at a time, just one at a time. <laughs> we could do, no, we've done two at a time. I know. Yes, it was Jacarelli Money. But mostly, mostly one, mostly one at a time. But yeah. We're here again with another episode. That's right. How's it going, Courtney? Good. How are you doing? I'm dying. It's hot. It's really hot. It's Portland and it's a hundred and who knows how many degrees. It's supposed to get like to 110 tomorrow. So I kid you not. It's hot here in Portland. We might break a sweat. <laughs> I am sweating right now. It's rare here. It's rare here in Portland for people to break a sweat. But once they do, <laughs> they get upset. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I was wrong. It's going to be 109 tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah. So anyway, we're beating the heat by doing our little podcast. Not really, but here we are. <laughs> so who is the lucky person that we're interviewing today, Courtney? The other day we interviewed Reed Flicht. He is the head percussion instructor at Evanston Ishkola de Samba. He has been teaching in Chicago public schools for several years, and he serves as a music instructor at Lane Tech College Prep High School. Reed attended the Lawrence University Conservatory of Music, where he studied instrumental music education and percussion performance with Professor Dane Richardson. His further experience in African and Brazilian percussion comes from studies in Ghana and Brazil, as well as attendance at California Brazil Camp for many years. Where's that, Diana? Oh, somewhere down <laughs> south from us. In addition to teaching Brazilian percussion in the public schools, Reed's current music projects include playing drums with the bands Fat Book and Ragged Claws, and leading the Chicago-based professional samba group Bloco Maximo. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Reed's a funny dude and has some hilarious stories about his experiences. <laughs> he does. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Hey Courtney, I'm I'm okay, but um, feeling a little under the weather, so I'm gonna get through this. But I'm excited to speak with our guest today, Reed Flick from Chicago, Illinois. What's up, hey. Reed? Yeah, thank you for inviting me and giving me your time. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Why don't we get started? And why don't you let us know like where you grew up and yeah, sure. where you're from? And yeah, so I grew up in. Wisconsin. I actually grew up in, in Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is uh, northwest of Madison. And um, actually, interestingly enough, I kind of grew up out of the, outside of the same town that Carl Dixon grew up in. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. I, uh, then I went to college in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is... Um, in northeastern Wisconsin, outside of Green Bay, and I studied at uh, Lawrence University. And after college, I bounced around a little bit, and then ended up finding uh, full-time work in Chicago, and then kind of moved to Chicago full-time in uh, 2010. And then now here we are. Right on. So, are you? Do you work in music or or something? Yeah. So, I, I'm I'm currently a 
I'm currently a full-time uh, high school band director at a high school. Uh, yeah, yeah, at a school on the north side of the city. Cool. So, did you play in you know high school band, marching band, stuff like that? Yourself? I I did. I did. I played. You know, we. I I wouldn't say our high school marching band or our high school band program was super wild, but I played. You know, percussion all through high school, and then that's what I studied in college. I studied. Uh, both uh, percussion performance and uh, music education. Gotcha. Are you a former Madison Scout? I am not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that cool. I was just curious. You're in the country. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty close. Are you going to judge me now or no? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, when did you first encounter Brazilian music? Yeah, I first encountered Brazilian music in college. So uh, my professor, who is um, still there, his name is Dane Richardson. He had all the percussion majors and a lot of other people play in basically uh, a Brazilian drumming class. Every um, we, were, we were on trimester, so every trimester is part of the curriculum. So that was it. So we had basically a bunch of percussion majors and some other people that were interested in it. Uh, they would show up and that was like, oh my God, what is this? You have to do it. And um, nothing made any sense. And that was the first exposure. <laughs> <laughs> and and Dane is actually a Brazil camper. Yeah, right? he, he, he sometimes hides in the shadows. And uh, <laughs> he oftentimes um, camps, uh, camps across the way, so to speak, over the river and through the woods. Uh... And he, uh, yeah, he, he's uh, an amazing man. Uh, a beautiful person in, in, in more ways that I find out every year. And um, yeah, so he, he goes to camp and he's been going to Brazil camp for, for, as I understand, quite a while. Excellent. Is that like a big Brazilian ensemble or is oh, it like a, uh, yeah. a or what? Is, at what is at it? college, you know, it kind of depended on, on enrollment from each, each group. But, you know, sometimes it'd be probably, what, 12, 15 people. Other times it'd be like 25, 35 people. You know, uh, the uh, Lawrence is only an undergrad uh, institution, and the the enrollment for the whole school uh, now nowadays I think it's like fourteen hundred, but I believe when I was there it was more like twelve hundred or something like that, or eleven hundred. It's actually pretty small. Um, tell us about your group in Chicago. Yeah, so we have a a, a couple different groups that they all kind of. Uh, they all kind of uh, overlap, and even b before I go there, I want to kind of back up. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, I, I was exposed to samba in college, but I really didn't realize, you know, what it was or how cool it was or how fun it was, and how well fun slash uh, <laughs> slash crushing it was until I left. I left school, <laughs> you know. So once I once I left school and um, began to figure out other stuff, I student taught in Chicago. I actually applied for this program to um to leave appleton wisconsin P part of the, like the music education uh degree program the last thing you have to do is what's called student teaching and i already felt i had uh, an experience like in in small wisconsin and i kind of knew kind of what appleton was like so i was like man let's get let's get on <laughs> let's get out of there let's go to something else so i i, I moved to chicago in fall of 2008 
And then I really wasn't too crazy about um, Chicago or, or anything at that point. And that's when I decided to move to Colorado, um, which is actually kind of what, what really kind of kind of re- refed my um, uh, desire because I wanted my brother lived in Fort Collins and he still does live in Fort Collins. And I wanted to be out there. I had like, I had like one friend <laughs> out there and uh so I went out to Colorado and then actually I ended up moving to Boulder and then that's, yeah. So I was at, you know, bless, bless all the people in Boulder for uh, being, being kind. So I was at Boulder in 2009, right when some stuff was starting to cook and, and get rolling. So, and that's what, and I, I, I had met, uh, <laughs> I had met Carl briefly before and then I kind of reconnected with him. And uh, so that's when I started to kind of get, that's Carl, get, Carl get, Dixon. Yeah, get, yeah, Carl Dixon. Yep. Crazy Carl. Carl Dixon. That's where he started to get uh, a, a little bit more into it. Yeah. Episode 17, Carl Dixon. Yeah, ep- episode 17, <laughs> Carl Dixon, which, which, I, which I have listened to, and which was amazing, and I look forward to seeing Carl uh, in a few weeks. But yeah, so in, in Boulder, was um, that was the, uh, the time when I felt like, man, this is super cool. That's when I bought my first Hipeak. I actually just got a credit card. I just, <laughs> I remember this cause I, uh, I just got a credit card and, um, um, I was like, man, like I'm out of college. This is cool. Like I, I, I believe the credit cards, uh, spending limit was something real low. Like, you know, like, like I think as I recall, like $250 or something like that. Cause I didn't want to get screwed. So, uh, this was also when someone was like, tell me, oh, there's this website called TD Sounds, right? Or traditional sounds in, in, in the UK. And uh, in, um, in Boulder, we had this one, one I guess you'd call him a, a one mate or one, one bloke from, from the UK who was going back to visit his mom. So I actually like bought a hapik and a tambourine baqueta for, I believe it was like $150. And I had them mailed to this dude's mom's house. And so this guy, this guy, and interestingly <laughs> enough, this guy, his name was Guy, and I haven't seen Guy in a while, but Guy like went back to his mom and like picked up this hippie and this uh, this baqueta and like brought it back to Boulder, and I just was like blown away. And I didn't have a strap at the time. I was actually I had a suitcase and I was using like a suitcase strap. And uh, so I want I wanted to throw down to to that because that without that experience I don't think I would have gotten into it as much as I had, you know. And all those guys, Francisco, excuse me, Francisco and Greg, and of course I'm probably gonna, you know going to miss somebody, but you know, and Carl, they were very uh, very uh, informative of that time. And interestingly enough, the last thing I'll say about that is completely by chance I moved into a house that was. Uh, within walking distance to Greg La Liberté's uh, place. So like it was completely random. So like, I really felt that, you know, everything lined up to put me, put me in that spot. So I could like walk to Greg's place, which was super wild. And uh, anyway, so that was 2009. Since then I, I, I was, (laughs) I was working in, in Boulder and I was working at a, a Denny's restaurant at the time. And I didn't really, see any uh long-term meaningful um employment options other than uh working in some restaurant stuff and i'm not hating on that but i just thought that 
you know, if I wanted to get a teaching job or do something else, I'd have to move back to the Midwest. And then I tried to move back to the Midwest and like that really didn't work. Uh, and then I found myself back in Chicago and that kind of didn't work immediately. And then I got an opportunity for a full-time job. So then I moved back to Chicago again in 2010 and I was working at another high school on the South side of the of Chicago. And, uh, and that's when I started to get more plugged into the, uh, samba scene in chicago and there's essentially uh, a few different community groups and a few different uh, brazilian bands that would gig regularly and vocalists and, and kind of stuff like that and so um yeah nice. so is it, are you in the same job that you went i i am not i i i had one job that was a good first job for me at the time um and i really did uh feel fortunate for that experience but also it was at a high school that um well it was was at a high school that had like in the last couple years in the last like three years before i got there they had like new music teachers every other every year like two or or three new music teachers Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of consistency and then there wasn't a lot of uh there wasn't a lot of um at times i felt uh hope (laughs) you know uh and for what it's worth and not to talk too much about geography of chicago but it was in it was on a south side neighborhood uh that you know had had a different different vibe about it than some other parts of this city you know and then lucky enough after one year there uh another job opened up at the school that i work at currently uh some person uh, was actually going to resign and then i had some other connections with that and then I accepted that job in 2011 and I've been there since since then gotcha and it's high school yep yep this this spot I'm at this place called Lane Tech L-A-N-E-T-E-C-H and it's actually uh, a high school that uh, is seventh grade through 12th grade mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's that's actually a, another thing that's kind of kind of going on Basically, some high schools in the city now are seventh grade through twelfth grade because um, middle schools really don't exist. So most most elementary schools are actually K through eight, and then uh, there's a bit of a, a, a belief that if you have a, a seventh and eighth grade student that is already acclimated to the high school, that they will succeed uh, at a higher rate and increase test scores and do awesome things. So some, some of the other high schools now are seven through 12. And so the, 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 this high school, which is crazy too, this high school was built in the, in the thirties and um, was an, initially a all an, an all male high school, which was super crazy in, until the seventies. And it's just a huge building. And uh, I've been, I, yeah, I've been there since 2011 and I teach various classes of, of band. I teach uh, a percussion samba class. And um, I, I uh, work there with like basically, what do you, I eight other music teachers. So I'm, I'm oh, one. Wow. Yeah. So it's me and like there are nine of us in total. Wow. Yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Nine. So is it like a huge school or yeah, just that many? Wow. Yeah. So in total, total enrollment is like four thousand two hundred kids. So it's a pretty big. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty big spot. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so. Uh, that's that's where I'm at currently, and once I was able to, you know, as you all know, as everyone knows, once you know, over time things settle a little bit, 
I was able to explore some of the other uh, community groups. So there was actually, there's kind of been two community groups. One group, which is, in, which originated in Evanston, uh, which is called Evanston Escola de Samba. Uh, that originated in 2003. And it was actually the kind of uh, component of, of another band there was like a samba band. They were called Orchestra G Samba. And uh, in order to do some outreach stuff, in order to do some other kind of, um, what's the word, you know, uh, workshops, they tried to start like a samba school to, to bring stuff. And actually they facilitated a pretty cool relationship with uh, Contemporanea and they got a bunch of drums um, and uh, they had a lot of people. The interesting thing about that, and I'm not afraid to say it, Evanston is like the, the the first city north of Chicago and there's a bit of a a bit of a uh, feeling of you know there's the city and then there's the northwest suburbs and everything on the northwest side is like super nice and super badass and like times 1000 uh, so Evanston was like kind of viewed upon as this really cool community that's not the uh, city but also primarily like a, a you know a uh, <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of white people and uh, so that was kind of the uh, initial vibe of Evanston and then there was another um, community group that was affiliated with uh, a, a fica uh, group, uh, inter, uh, capoeira uh, a capoeira spot uh, and they were called uh, Unidos de, de Quilombo and that existed for a while and that was actually uh, my first like bateria that I started playing with, playing with this guy Felipe Fraga, who now lives in LA and uh, is no longer in Chicago. But that was the first like bateria that I started playing with in Chicago. Nice. Do you? Uh, so, what's your group now? You- yeah. So, well, so yeah. So, great. Played played in that group for a while, and then over time, more of my friends from um, from college kind of re- kind of relocated to the city mm. and most of us we all for for a time lived in the same house and um so then next thing we knew there was like seriously probably 10 12 of us that were all within a couple of years of uh each other in college um that we we're like you know what we got some we got some drums uh and at that time my buddy and I just got a rehearsal spot and we're like, nice. let's, yeah, let's go, let's go hit some stuff. So then we basically um, created this group called Bloco Maximo. Um, and the, we called it Bloco Maximo because our teacher's middle name is actually Maxim. So Dane Maxim Richardson, <laughs> that is his whole, that is his whole name. And so we're like, yeah, wow. so we're like, man, we're, we're thinking about this. So we just tried to be cool and add an O to it. And I know we're not saying it correctly, but uh so we, 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 we had this group, basically all Lawrence cats. And then we met basically one of the other most amazing uh, Chicago Brazilian musicians in the world, uh, John Beard. He's, uh, he plays La Cavaquinho and he's a beautiful man. You, you'd probably recognize him as soon as you see his face. Uh, he joined the group and then our other buddy joined the group. And then we had another brother of somebody that that joined the group so it's like lawrence people and then three non-lawrence people and so uh so we started that group that was uh 2011 and um 
and we just started just playing all uh what do you call it common repertoire that we'd learned in, in school and then plus we tried to push push you know push each other so that was really cool so we were actually right when we started it was actually real well yeah and you guys know too with all with every group it was real electrifying everyone's jacked out of their mind you know we had this we had this rehearsal spot that was you know, probably somebody got killed in or something. It was a real scary, <laughs> real scary looking place. I I got I got a bunch of free paint. I got a bunch of free paint, so we painted it this like green. It was like almost like a mint green, um, and uh, the ceilings were super tall. Like I mean, that's the thing that I, that's the thing that I liked about this rehearsal spot. The ceilings were seriously like probably eighteen feet tall, and uh, it was it was this it was this cool place. So we, we started hitting it like once a week and, you know, um, trying to figure out what was going on and, uh, you know, figuring out how, you know, how do you have a group? How do you establish any type of order amongst peers? You know, what, you know, what do people want to do? Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll back up even though, uh, even there, before we did that, we had, we had to get drums. So we all didn't have drums. Some of us had like, you know, a Kaisha or a tambourine. Uh, John had a bunch of drums, but actually, that that previous uh, February in 2010, um, I actually was very fortunate enough to I, I hooked up with Philip Galinsky, and uh, not I didn't physically hook up with him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I met him. I met a guy on the internet, and uh, I. Uh, Sent him some emails, and uh, <laughs> next thing I know, I, I, I is this a catfish story? <laughs> it could be. Um, I actually went to Rio de Janeiro with Philip Galinsky and part of his uh, uh, tour or whatever you call it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went with him and uh, bring to come full circle. I had my credit card, and I, I uh, since then it increased my. Uh, <laughs> my credit limit limit. and i still have it i still have it to this day this uh art celsius factory receipt and i just got there and i remember seeing well first of all just like seeing all the drums and just be like like yep yep that yep that yes that yep one of those yep thank you thank you yep and so anyway we we bought a bunch of drums and we can't i came back and then so we had a group because you know too you got to have drums to have a group you can't just get together and well, you, I mean, you can just get together and t- touch each other, but that's not the same thing. But uh, yeah, so so we 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 started in 2011, and then uh, we uh, tried to play some gigs. We actually played a bunch of gigs with um, my, my my good buddy of mine, uh, Harjinder Singh or Harji. Who uh, shout out to Harji? Yeah, shout out to Har- Harji, who's one of my one of my boys. Uh, we he and I are in another band called fat book and uh we have long tried to integrate uh multiple levels of drumming into the group so then we actually wrote we had some tunes that we kind of slipped some drum some drums into and so like fat when fat book would play some gigs local maximo would like join us so mm-hmm. like so that would be of course a great idea because next thing you know there's like 20 people you know 20 people on stage trying to play something together um which was which would be like yeah I'd be on drum set and we had full horn full horns and uh, guitar bass and 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 keys and whatnot and then Bloco Maxwell started playing some other gigs too we played some people's um, birthday parties and whatnot and then we we had a big gig uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that was 
carnival for 2012 in Chicago, we had one of our buddies who who would run. There's like two cool cool like events for the longest time. Two different Brazilians would run carnival shows like you know the physical night of uh, of carnival. And uh, we did this one gig with, with this guy Marcos Oliveira at this really cool venue, which is now closed. It's, it was called Main Stage, which is if anyone is out there listening to knows the ge- geography of Rogers Park, which is like northern Chicago. We played a gig there. We had to get um, we had to get like Marcos, and I don't blame him. He had, we had to get his blessing for the gig, so he actually came to hear us play because I'm sure. You know, as many people are, uh, if you hear of a group of all white people trying to play samba, you know, immediately everyone's like, no, that can't be good, <laughs> you know. So uh, Marcos actually came to a rehearsal and in this this place that I previously described, and uh, which we also, uh, we called it the, the dragon's lair because it would get so hot. And I just thought, like, I, 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 as I, as you know, as I recall, I think I'll take credit for <laughs> naming it. It was, it was my spot. My other buddies, we called it the Dragons Lair. We invited Marcos over. I remember, I think we were all just sweating continuously, um, and we played, we played some just blistering fast, I, you know, samba, hege, and we, and we had like, we had a, a version of Smooth Criminal. Again, shout out to. Uh, Boulder Samba School. I think I first heard them do uh, an arrangement of Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. And um, so we played it for, Mar- for Marcos. Marcos liked it. Then we went and played this gig at uh, for Carnival in 2012. And like, you know, people love it. People love drums. People love it in anything, especially once they start drinking. You know, it's like we had <laughs> we had some dancers. Uh, we, at that point, choreographed some uh, matching shirts, you know, uh, with our name on it. And uh, yeah, so then that kind of kicked off that. And from there, we started kind of playing. Well, we, me and a couple other people started playing in like all of the other community groups. So like uh, John, John and I and my other buddy, Peter, we would very regularly, very regularly go to the Evanston and we'd get involved with that. And then uh, John and I would also play in the Quilombo group. and then basically there was a period of time for I'd say yeah you know two, two I don't even know yeah two three years where a lot of us just kind of played in every group. It wasn't very it, it was very uh, what do you want to call it very supportive and it was it was very supportive and welcoming and we all kind of did everything we could you know and then you know if 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 we needed more people so then I got involved more with Evanston and we would do like a big 4th of July parade and that was super cool. And then basically the guy who was in charge of that, uh, Chris Hasselbring, super awesome guy. He, he was looking to kind of get out of it. And then we started talking and then basically, um, so I, I kind of slipped into that position and I, I, I believe that would have been 2013, January of 2013. And so then since then I've been doing the Bateria for, Evanston Escorja Samba, in addition to helping out everybody else. Now, Reed, can we back up? And um, you mentioned yeah. that you had taken uh, the trip to Brazil with Philip Galinsky's group. Um, can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your experience there? Um, were you taking courses? Were you? Um, what was that visit like besides buying all those drums? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that immediate answer was, I was a little bit too selfish. I gotta, I gotta, uh, of course there's yeah, way, way more there. Uh, first of all, I got Philip Galinsky is an amazing person. Philip Galinsky. <laughs> uh, Philip of course, amazing resource. And I was at the time, you know, so this was 2010. I had still met some other people. I'd still met Georgie Alabe like once and, you know, shout out to Georgie. I love, I love that guy. Uh, Philip seemed like he could, he could facilitate, facilitate kind of what, what needed to happen for my schedule. So it was a two week thing. Um, you know, it was me and uh, essentially, well, it was three other people and I, I guess to be correct. So it was a small group. It was actually another guy from Boulder, this gentleman by the name of Mark Weaver, who's still oh, yeah. Uh, out there. Yeah, Mark, Mark, love that guy. Uh, so it was Mark Weaver, um, this lady by the name Laura, and I'm spacing on her last name. I'm going to say it wrong. Laura Terrell. Uh, she's in New York. And then this other guy, Rick Class, and he, these were, you know, I these are all people that were older than me, and um, super into it. So basically, I showed up literally at the airport um, in Rio and was uh, meeting. I met I met up with Mark, I think somewhere in like Atlanta or Florida or something before we hit it, hit it to Rio, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mark and I made plans to roll for a bit before we like met up with Philip. So it was the, to be completely honest, it was kind of, kind of, kind of shitty. As soon as we landed, I'm, I grab my bag, I pop open my bag and, uh, my, my video camera, I was, I'm an idiot. My video camera, my digital camera, my zoom, uh, everything was mm-hmm. jacked. Cause I, I was, a, oh, no. I was a real idiot, uh, packing up like somehow I got a call. I don't even know how this happened. Like I got a call on my cell phone like before I left Chicago, it's like your flight is like ahead of time or something like this. And I was like, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> so I like busted my, my buns to, and I just threw all my sh- stuff in the suitcase, got, and then landed to Rio. And I'm like, man, this doesn't make sense. I, sh- I should have had, had all my electronics on me. Uh, Mark and I rolled to a, a, a bed and breakfast that we found. And then I, I hopped online and like emailed my roommate at the time. And I was like, did I leave this? Like, just to be sure. Cause maybe I thought I did, but turns out that was, that, sh- that was jacked. And I filed out, I filed this mm-hmm. complaint with United again. I don't even know why I was flying United. Um, but anyway, Philip had a super cool, uh, a super cool trip lined up for him. So we basically, uh, saw rehearsals and we got tickets for, basically three nights um in in the samba dromo uh officially standing in there and we got to see philip uh go to rehearsal so he was playing in the uh, in in whatever cubango with jonas uh, with 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 jonas yeah so and so that so that was super crazy that was like my first exposure so we had like we actually got to see rehearsal and have a big master class Oh, awesome. With Jonas uh, in 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 Niteroy. and uh, and we met up with this other group of people from Germany, and uh, there was like fifteen, sixteen of these strong <laughs> Germans who were like hit, and I and I and I'm I, you know I, I don't know if I'm going to get the names right, but there's the one other lady who used to write a lot um, 
uh, a tambourine player for in Germany, a big scene person. I forget her name. But then the other lady from TD Sounds, I want to say her name is Giselle or something like this. Like she was there. So we're at the, we're in Niteroy, we're hanging out, we're playing. Um, uh, all these Germans, like I swear to God, there was this one guy playing uh, Surdu and smoking a cigarette, and I think his name was Klaus <laughs> or Klaus, and like he, I and he was like a big burly dude, like you know, probably six, you know, six four, huge, and I remember, you know. I remember thinking, "Holy, holy crap! It's hot. This du- it's hotter than whatever." And this dude is just slamming this cigarette. You know, and it's like nothing more appealing than like smoking a cigarette on a hot day. And uh, he th- th- just him staring. I th- I, don't, I felt like he was staring at me. I was playing tambourine, and I'm sure I wasn't swinging hard enough for him. But you know, it was it was those, primarily these German dudes who all knew this common rep, and they've been repping the Kubango breaks. They've been there for God. They've probably been there for like two, three weeks already. So then it was them, and like four of us trying to like sit in with this, and then Jonas would like come around, you know, and you know show people, talk about things. You know, blew through these breaks. It was super fun. Um, had a great time. Uh, that's like the first thing I remember. That might have been the first couple of days. Uh, like right when we were there. Um, and then we went to uh, Salgeru rehearsal. That was pretty gross. That was awesome. Um, you know, that, that whole place. I mean, and I, at that point too, I'd seen YouTube clips of the rehearsal spot and it was like super pumped to see that. We saw Salgeru, we saw Tijuka and um, I uh, love seeing Tijuka. That was super awesome. Uh, the thing about Salgueru that blew my mind is like they were, it was like a huge party and like it, the place was just, you know, slammed. Everyone was everywhere. And then these, these dancers, both these male and female dancers came out and it was just the, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I just like, just lost it, you know? Um, so Salgueru was super cool. Tujuka was super cool. And then, you know, we hit, we hit the other spots. We saw Christ statue and, uh, we went to some of the uh, music shops in Central or whatever. We went to Casa Oliveira, uh, you know, and bought, you know, bought some other things. And then we also, we went to the Art Celsius factory, which was super cool. Um, and then we had like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday nights to see, to see the parade. So Friday night was the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Friday night was the kids parade. That was awesome. And also just to see the spot, um, uh, Saturday night, I tried to go back um, to see because I believe Saturday night was the second division um, parade, not not all the Grupo Especial, and um, and then we saw Sunday and Monday, and uh, you know just heading heading there, um, standing forever, um, you know, not not realizing the pain you could feel from like trying to stand, even though you're like trying to fall asleep, <laughs> you know? And, uh, at that point too, uh, Carl, Carl was actually rolling through. Uh, I thought he was, if I remember too, Carl was rolling through Brazil with some other people too, Carl Dixon. And, um, you know, so yes, to actually stand there and see the whole parade. Um, and, and, and like, I was, I was trying to like 
transcribe things as they were happening. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, none of my notes made any sense. And every now and then, <laughs> every now and then a fire, a firework would go off. And I was like, I was like, Oh my, like a bomb is exploding. And like, then you, you, th- you think like fireworks can get more intense and you're like, Holy, it's like, Oh my God, like I, this is intense. And then it goes even further. And it's like, I like, I couldn't. And then I, I swear to God, it was either Sunday or Monday night. And I know this happened because I found this on YouTube. Like there's some float. All of a sudden, you, you hear this loud noise, like, Shh, and then there's this dude on a backpack, like, <laughs> fl- uh, what do you call it? A jetpack. Jet a jetpack. Jet this dude takes off like on a jetpack <laughs> in the par- in the parade. He ta- he takes off on a jetpack. I'm just looking around. I'm like, is it? Does anyone else see this? Or like, you know, what's? And then he's like flying up, and then like he probably can only go about like you know 50 yards. And then he he landed that landed that thing in the middle of the avenue, and everyone's like, yeah. And then <laughs> and that was at the point too, and I realized like, yeah, you can't like experience that you know through YouTube. You know, seeing seeing that in person was something that I will. I would enjoy. Uh, so yeah, so Sunday and Monday we we watched those. The crazy thing too about that was leaving in the morning and like trying to get on the subway, like to uh, to get back home because, um, like I've been, you know, the, I'm, everyone I'm sure that has driven, you know, any type of public transportation. It's weird when when you ride public transportation like somewhere that's not in America and like everyone with like I like. I was touching people that I didn't feel comfortable touching because like, there's nothing you could do. You're just like scrunched in there. And like, you think the train is probably going to derail or like fly (laughs) off the tracks or someone's going to like reach into your pocket and steal your uh, everything or whatever. But yeah, made it, made it back home. And so we we had that experience. That was super cool. We actually were staying in in Ipanema and uh, we, it was, we were staying in uh, a nice little apartment Philip got uh, Philip got a pretty nice hookup, and I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's all with with, with uh, Fatima, this woman who he met, who I, be- I believe was was uh, uh, was with Georgie for a bit. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, fa- yeah, and and then the whole thing too. I was learning more about Philip because some of Philip's big first uh, interactions with Samba were with Georgie, you know. Um, yeah, so. We did that, and you know, I came back from from that was super amped up, and you know, it was only two weeks. It flew by, and um, it was you know, super awesome. I'll forever remember that experience with with Philip and Laurel and Mark. And unfortunately, Rick um, Rick uh, passed away shortly after that. Like mm-hmm. I want to say, maybe like the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick 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 was an older gentleman, and so. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was just a super cool experience. And I mean, and I still have, like, I got some sand from the beach that I put in some bottles. I took that back. You know, I bought, um, I bought a, they, they sold seat cushions to sit on while you're in the avenue. Um, but the seat cushions are like, like, not even something you can sit on. Like, uh, they're these, like, probably 12 inch by 12 inch little, like, you know, you know, like, you see those. In, if you go to football games, some people have those like bleacher things that you can put on the bleachers that have like those backs. They they were yeah. set they were selling these little things like uh, seriously it's probably like twelve inches by twelve inches 
and you know it's it's thin, it's like as thin as a mouse pad you know like to <laughs> and like the one i bought i was like yeah i'll get one else i'm like sick this could be awesome i i buy it from this guy it says 2009 and it's 2010 you know and I was just like, oh, okay, it's cool. I still, I still have that. I said, okay, well played, well played. I'm, I'm down to support. You know, I'm cool. Um, yeah. So you know, it was just, a, it was a super cool experience, and you know, really motivated me to do a lot of things. And at the time too, that was really the only time I could go because, you know, it's hard to take time off when, when anyone's working when you got a normal job. So I was just like, you know what, I got to make right. it happen. And uh, so that was super cool. So. I'm curious, is, is, do you consider Bloco Maximo to be a community group or is it pretty much like a closed group of you, of you guys? A band or like a band. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. I, I don't, you know, I don't think that you, you, you have like a real tight label on this. Like we, we've invited people. Yeah. We invite people to join. Some people sit in with us. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we've had a bunch of different lineups and then, so yeah, so I guess for, for for lack of a better term, you could say like Bloco Maxwell was a performing group with affiliations yeah. to Evanston, Escoja, Samba, or Quilombola, or just it was a group of dudes that you know uh, and girls. Uh, this yeah, shout out to my homie Caitlin. Um, uh, so it, we could you know we could we could hit stuff. People remembered well for the most part. People remembered. <laughs> the breaks, you know, we had a Google drive that I think only I, at times I would only look at. Cause I would try to like, this is also when I was like straight up getting into Google drive, you know, Google drive is really pretty nice. Um, so like we, you know, we could play stuff, people, at, whatever people had chops, people could not be afraid to play groove for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't get bored. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. I'll play Kaisha. Like I don't have to play Chimbao or like, you know, I'll play first. Serdu. It's fine. Like, you know, Oh, you can't play Kaisha. How about you play bell? Cool. I don't, yeah, we need someone to play bell. No one would be like yeah. pissed. I'm like, you know what I mean? Uh, also any of those, and that's what always makes me laugh. And I know I'm laughing. Uh, Steve, what was Steve the yeah. first episode or whatever? Because I know he does he does a lot of stuff with kids too. It always blows my mind. I'm trying to get kids to play Sama, and they're like, "I don't want to play Shaker." <laughs> you know, it's like Shaker is cool. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, I, you know, it's just it makes me laugh when like you know, and sometimes my my community group like some people are like I don't want to I want to play that, and I understand every natu- people naturally gravitate towards whatever they want to do. You know. Um, yeah, so Bloco Maximo would, yeah, you know, we, so we still, we had the benefits. We rehearsed every week. Uh, you know, we took probably August off and then we took like Thanksgiving and Christmas off. But like we tried to hit it like all the time. And that, you know, the expectations were, you know, we got to remember our stuff. And uh, so there was critical mass for sure. I mean, when we had 13, 14 people, we could hit a bunch yeah. of stuff and it was super yeah, cool. cool. Uh, but then as everything else, and I think whatever in, you know, and Professor Spiro's, you know, you know, after time stuff fizzles out and you can't, you know, you know, people, life happens, people move mm-hmm. and then, then you got to sh- shuffle instrumentation and then, um, and then basically you're not learning new material then it kind of gets a little stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, it, yeah. So, yeah. So Bloco Maximo, you know, yeah, we, you know, for a while we like tried to have like a, a cool website. We tried to have like, 
our name we check you know we contemplated shooting like sick videos never happened you know we got different shirts one other time we sold shirts um we played some cool gigs it was super fun and then we also you know kind of fattened out all the other groups once like because then once i got more into evanston and was like rolling with that you know basically everybody in local maximo could you know fill out uh, like, you know, leadership positions, for lack of a better word, you know, we could have somebody that could really hang on this or that or really knew the arrangement, you know, and then and everyone knows, too, once you have more of those kind of delineated uh, helpers or assistants, you know, then everything can kind of get kind of get slammed. Yeah. So Bloco Maximo is is done. It's it's over. Yes, yes, and no. Uh, we, <laughs> I, I would I would like to say it's it's never over. Uh, we actually still had a rehearsal Monday night. Um, oh, nice. Uh, rehearsal is is a is a generous term because we actually had to clean out the rehearsal spot uh, because the guy. This is another rehearsal spot. The guy Peter, he's moving to grad school in August, and so this was. I'm actually also heading out of town tomorrow, so. We didn't want to leave him hamstrung with clean out the spot. So, I mean, right now there's still six of us, uh, right? Six, seven of us that still are in Chicago. And uh, we're now taking a, we're not going to be playing every week. We're still going to be, we're still going to be doing stuff and we're still going to like contribute. Um, yeah, but we're not, I, I'd like to say, and I'm still probably too, na- I'm naive to say it. Like it's, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. You know, <laughs> So as far as Evanston yeah. goes, that's a community group and a nonprofit. Yep. Yeah, so t- completely, you know, uh, is a non-for-profit. Uh, as of recently, you know, shocker, uh, we had some changes, and actually our non-for-profit status uh, lapsed, which is um, I, I didn't, you know, which happened. Um, so we're currently trying to get that back together. And, um, mm. so we have some, we have some, what do you call it? Uh, some missing links that need to be, uh, rectified. So that's, uh, on definitely on the to, to do list, but Evanston is a community group that primarily rehearses, uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, we've had a bunch of different spots, but then kind of like the last, like, you know, three years, we've been rehearsing at this super cool, uh, Puerto Rican cultural center which is like this super badass like warehouse that almost looks like a quadra, like open ceiling, like 40 foot ceilings, huge cone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they, and that it's called the Segundo Ruiz Belvis, who is actually a big Puerto Rican guy in, in Chicago back in the day who has this cultural center that that also has had some different leadership, but uh, still maintaining, um, they do a lot of bomba classes. They do a lot of other stuff. And then we kind of got got in on an on a evening class, and um, so we yeah we so we store all our drums there, as and as everybody knows that's half the battle like yeah. tossing drums, and that's one thing that would always just I mean it's a it's a good problem to have. I like to I try to, I try to be you know remind yourself it's a good problem to have. At least I there are drums that need to be moved, and in theory I'm moving those drums because some sorry guys play them. You know it's like. Uh, but so we, 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 we store our drums there, but then we recently tried to move all our stuff out because we're in, 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 a, in a different, we need to go in a new direction. Uh, so, cause we take, we take, we had a big 4th of July parade and then 
we'd take like the rest of July and August off until we have programming in uh, September. And then the way our group works, you know, we have a core of, of people that, you know, show up very consistently. We have a, a, sometimes that core is, you know, six people that are not in Bloco Maximo, uh, you know, and then I, I rely heavily on my students from my high school. So I, I, uh, I try to, uh, in addition to, uh, I, I try I try to provide other opportunities for my students. So we, we teach we teach I have a samba class, we teach them some samba. I also try to teach my marching band samba and then I invite them because the thing that I know too is if I could if I can teach like a hundred people samba, like, you know, maybe only ten of them will show up, but at least that's that's ten people that I know will show up. So like we did this thing where I basically I used to be a little more selective on it. I'd like look at this guy and be like, Hey man, you sound great. Why don't you come help us out? It's cool. We rehearse at night and then we got this gig and like, I'll get you some food. I'll give you extra credit. Also, I just am always impressed. Some, you know, I don't even know what motivates people, the teenagers anymore. Cause they, some of them are motivated by grades. Some of them, them, some of them are motivated by food. You know, some of them are just not motivated, you know? Um, <laughs> so I invite some of them, but then actually it worked out really well this last year. Uh, we basically did like the last Wednesday, uh, January, February, March, April, uh, the last Wednesday, like and I invited all my kids and we'd have like pizza and like soda at the cultural center. And like, we'd get a lot of, a lot of people there. Cause you know, when you, when you have a lot of people, it's relieves the pressure on other people. And it's actually a lot of fun, you know, and it's, uh, and then everyone's having fun and that's the whole social aspect, you know? Uh, yeah, that's super cool. Um, how do you bring in new adult members? Is there a process for that? You know, the, if there is a process, can you tell me? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, we have a website. We print flyers. Like, for a while, we mailed flyers. Like, I would basically, I felt like I, I don't want to say the wrong word, but, like, I'm, like, you know, selling my soul to get somebody to come to rehearsal and then all of a sudden then all of a sudden like three people show up and they're like oh we saw your website so i don't know i you know i, I don't know we we have yet to figure it out you know and i've talked to a lot of other people about it and you know i'm, I'm very close to some of the other people uh, uh, in the madison group and i've had some discussions you know with you know with uh, jacques Ray about some of that stuff mm -hmm. and like you know I, I we try we try to advertise. There was a while I would always do Facebook events. I don't even know if people look at like I feel like it's almost like it, Facebook events are not cool anymore. And like almost like in a couple months, like they're gonna be cool again or something. <laughs> you know, it's like I feel if if I know I'm at my a point in my life and I know I'm not, but I'm stupid and young still. But like if I want to go to something, I hear about it. I'm gonna go to it. I'm not gonna look on Facebook events to see what's going on, you know, but so, you know, that we, I don't know, you know, luckily it's, we've, we've had some people that stick it out, you know, and then sometimes a lot, like we had, we, you know, people move away and then sometimes random people show up, you know, it's, it's not, sure. you know, our, uh, you know, our community group of, of pure non local maximo or non lame tech students is is not that large you know and uh yeah do you have like a beginner class we to, like no so teach yeah so i've heard about you know yeah so we would sometimes run a beginner class 
but then like I couldn't get enough people to 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 uh, what's the word commit to it. So mm-hmm. like you know we you know while every group is different, and I'm still optimistic enough that I'm trying to whittle away at what's happening specifically here in Chicago for the people that I see. But it's like we used to offer like. The, when Evanston Escola de Samba started, it was affiliated with this other institute called the Music Institute of Chicago, and they had like these definitive semester chunks, like sixteen weeks, boom, pay in full day one, boom, you're ready. And then there's an, there's another group like that called the Old Town School of Folk Music, which is another like community organization. But then like I was just like I was honestly just like beat my head against a, a hapiki lug because like you can't you can't get anyone to commit to 16 weeks of anything you know it's like and then you know whatever you who wants to pay whatever that is for the class whoever who wants to pay 160 dollars up front you know that some people are at a point in their life where they can do that you know but also some people especially at this point you know i, I know most mid 20 year old people late twenties, they're not, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to spend $160 on a class. They're going to spend $160 out getting beers and drinks. You know, it's like, so we've been trying, so we would have 16 week things. And then we actually broke away from that Institute because I felt that didn't give us a lot of flexibility. And then we'd try to have like, well, you know, we're only going to like rehearse for carnival from like this time, to this time, let's do a beginner class for four weeks here in mid-September to October or something like that. And then, you know, then what was happening, all the people that were in the bateria were then coming into the beginner, to the beginner class, but then like playing a different instrument. And so, I mean, that's cool because I want to try to help facilitate that. And every, you know, when you learn more instruments, you get better at all your different stuff, you know. So we, we, we try to do beginner classes, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I don't know. And, I'm, you know, I'm always kind of maybe self, self uh, what's the word, self self-conscious, like, sure, like, Maybe if I advertised the poop out of something and had a sick flyer and it's like beginning classes this four weeks, you know, must pay in full. We need 10 people. Like, yeah, and I know that could work. I know, like, I talk a lot to Jimmy about this, and I know that that works for some people. But I just – I have not been able to get that to work uh, for us at this at this time, you know. And I don't – and sometimes I really bum myself out. Well, everyone thinks about that. Really, it's like – you know, and there, and then like, what's the optimal yeah. time to have class? We had some things happen, so you know, we had to push our class back. So if like for a while we're having class like seven thirty to like nine fifteen on a on a Wednesday night, and it's like or seven thirty or nine whatever, and it's like when you're working all day, you know, uh, I you know who wants to go keep on slam blasting stuff till nine o'clock at night, you know, psychos like me. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> Everyone listening to this podcast. Psychos yeah. like you. And then the, <laughs> the other people that are in the other communities throughout the United States, you know? Right. And then like, there was a while, especially when I was, uh, the class used to be in Evanston. So like I drive up to Evanston and we, uh, at one point I had a, a children's class. So actually, and so, somewhere there's a video. I had like a 10, 10 of these little kids and about three, it was sick. I was drinking all this coffee, just feeling amped about everything. You know, it's like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, that happens for a little bit and then it doesn't happen. And then like, 
and then my phone dies and then I don't know that people are outside and I can't let them in uh, and then they leave you know it's like and then yeah. my throat hurts because I'm talking and trying to yell over a bateria even though that's fun but I you know you can't have a discussion with people while four kaishas are playing you know it's like then I try to drink a lot of water and then I'm drinking all this water and I gotta go to the bathroom and then you're missing rehearsal time you know, next thing you know, some people bring beers and it's like, that's fun. But it's like, not every, you know, so we, we haven't been able to quite find that balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I am confident. I am confident Good. that at some point it's going to happen. It's going to It seems like when you're running a group, it's, you're, <laughs> you get like one new person who can actually kind of play a little bit and you're you're like week is made yeah. right? oh, you're like so yeah. happy yeah. and then like the next week only like two people show up oh. and you're just like out of your mind like oh yeah. it's time to quit yeah. so, <laughs> so demoralized so there's there's two quick 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 stories about that that i gotta say of course i, I, I I'm, I'm i'm loving it like you say you, you have that one time that like you feel great and right. like you're at you know you're you're there and then the next the next time it's like i hate my life right you know so like recently in May, so we we've been bringing Georgia Alabay like every 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 year for for a bit now. But then like right after Georgie left, I had this guy who's from Brazil who's on some exchange program like email me and he's like, hey, can I come to class? I'm like, yeah, you know. And then he's like, hey, can I bring like five of my Brazilian <laughs> friends? I'm like, yeah. And then and then he shows up with all these people. And it's like, but he lives on a northwest suburb. So like, and he had to drive through rush hour. You know, it mm -hmm. took him like, it took him probably like an hour and 45 minutes. Whoa. And so then they come to class and it's like me and one other person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, well, there goes, there goes that, you know, it's like, yeah. so, but then case in point, um, uh, we we were very fortunate. Uh, a couple of years ago, in 2014, we had um, Ailton Nunez basically get some grant through this other organization called Old Town School of Folk Music. We have a very awesome dancer here in Chicago. Uh, her name is Jill Costa. She she's she sings like an angel. She dances like an angel. She teaches a dance class. She's the lady that we that we work with for, for all of our bigger dance things. She got some grant. Check this out. She got some grant to take some, some of her dance students to Rio, and they paraded with Mosadashi. And part of the grant was, what do you call it, a back and forth. So she, they took, she took I'm, I, like six, seven students, and she has like, a, like I, I want to say three different levels of dance. She took seven students to there, and then part of the exchange was then this this uh, organization could pick somebody to bring from Brazil to bring to Chicago, okay, and offer essentially free classes and prepare for a little parade, okay? And so they ended up picking uh, Ailton, um, yeah, so wow. Ailton was like in Chicago for three weeks, teaching class, like like twice, three times a week. All you had to pay was 
once one time a fee of twenty five dollars. And wow. yeah, so so then so like actually Jimmy uh, and I were just still blown away that this happened. Like Ailton is an amazing dude. We all know that. You know, he comes, he's teaching for free. And like we're barely having people there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I'm like oh. I What's that? I just said, oh. oh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, well, any, any, yeah, if Georgie Alabama's te- teaching free classes, if anyone was teaching free classes, you know? Uh, but then that's the, the realization, like, it's summer. Some people aren't necessarily uh, in tune to what the hell is going on. But, you know, it's like, so we did a little parade. There were maybe, maybe I, whatever, I'm going to pull a number, like 20, 22 people. You know, we had a couple first and seconds. It was like me and one other guy playing third, a couple of Kaishas. Um, and, oh, and the funny thing about that, uh, kind of uh, <laughs> kind of awkward, they 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 tried to, like, compose an Inhedu, um, but by they, and they got this, they got this amazing Brazilian guitarist. He basically, com- uh, compo- oh, I got to say, he composed this Inhedu, and it was in English, and, like, they had, like, they had a, a bra- like a brass choir that was like also playing, like not like a not like aggressive lines, but like the brass was playing some like kind of kind of more like gentle lines, and it was just this wild, this this wild and hey dude, and I'm not afraid to say it, but it just like I just I didn't I, I don't think a lot of people were feeling it. I'm still I still want to figure out what Ailton thinks about that. You know what I mean? But there was this like super weird in hey dude in the English. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know what, if you, if, if you held a gun to my head, I, I knew I, I grabbed the lyrics and I put them somewhere because I knew I wanted to remember, like, I don't know what the lyrics are right now off the top of my head, but I could find them for a later point. And, um, anyway, the fact that I was trying to say was there's, you know, Ayota Nunez, uh, killing dude, no one shows, no one shows up. And of course, you know that could be whatever reason, you know, and that there could be a bunch of things. But even, even people that I knew, you know, couldn't make it. And it's hard, you know. Sometimes people got life stuff, and it's, you know, it's hard. You know, people, it's, not, it's hard to respond to emails all the time, and everyone's got their phone in their pocket. But you know, it's like, I just don't know what it is. And I'm still confident that I, 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 I feel I, I, at some point, at some point, I gotta find. It. I, as everyone feels, they gotta figure it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Are there other? Yeah. There's other community groups there, correct? Yeah. Oh, in in Chicago. Yeah. So, well, so the the only other group that like I didn't talk about is this group, which is now called uh, Bateria Quilombola. So it used to be called something else, and then the guy in charge like left, and then when he left, it was kind of like the, everyone's like, you know, what? we got to change the name. It's, it's a new new direction, kind of new branding. So uh, Bateria Quilombola, which is still affiliated with the Capoeira group. Um, uh, kind of was kind of floating around for a little bit and then basically kind of stepped into the Grooversity kind of uh, uh, the Grooversity path. And so uh-huh. that what's what's that bald guy's name again? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just okay. yeah. episode. I know, I know. Episode what? What is it? Uh, I don't It's in the teens. I think. 15. Yeah. I'm only saying that bald guy because actually I, I tried to shoot him a text and uh, I called him multiple times last week and he has not yet responded. But so so this guy comes along and I've, I've 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 heard of i've heard of this this guy and 
I believe I actually first, I think I saw a bit of him at the, there's the big percussive arts society international convention and he did mm-hmm. some of that stuff. So he, he came along and it, it was kind of wild because, you know, he came along and that, that kind of, you know, with any, but with any new guest artist and, you know, we try to bring in doo doo too. And it's like, some people get, ex- you know, whenever you bring in a guest artist, like I was like, wow, so cool. And then, and then nothing else, they leave. Like they don't ever come back, you know, it's like, so, so we, you know, Marcos, Marcos was doing his thing. That was super cool. He has not been in Chicago for a bit. Bateria Quilombola kind of has taken a, a hibernation mode. Um, and, you know, I can definitely say that because I be, my buddy Peter and I uh, kind of are, are hitting that. And then Peter's leaving. So this right now we also have a big question mark. So that's something we got to figure out how we're going to do uh, that because the whole thing about the Samba group in, in Chicago, like for a while, like Evanston was Wednesday nights and then Quilombola was Saturday afternoons. And so sometimes we overlap players, but some people in their schedule could only hit, you know, Wednesday nights and some people could only hit Saturday afternoons. So, so then we, then we, we, we've been trying to kind of, basically we've always combined forces and even for our big carnival shows the last couple of years, like Bateria Quilombola would still do the, a set of their stuff. You know, Edison would do a set of their stuff. And then we'd also combine to do some stuff together. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like the groups there are really um, supportive yeah. and work. People cross over and work together a lot. I love. Yeah, that. yeah. It's you know it, to be you know, I I don't think it was that way always, but you know, but 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 now it has mm-hmm. been you know, and and then there are still a bunch of other um, there are a bunch of other like quote bands. I don't you know that sounds a little pretentious. I guess there are a bunch of bands like there's a couple steady pagogi gigs. You know, and a couple steady full whole gigs that are the the, the heavier Brazilian mm-hmm. dudes, and some of them also teach like percussion classes through Old Town. Like there's a guy, Ethor Garcia, who who teaches. You know, you could learn Pandeiro, you know, uh, Agogo, Tantan, stuff like that. And he also sometimes he and then this other guy, Geraldo Oliveira, they would do bateria classes through Old Town, but that was not as uh, continuous they do that sometimes and so and that would happen so and and those guys they you know they come to stuff too you know so i i think right now you know there's 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 certainly a group of people that are very supportive and with everything they're they're a group of people that can't do everything or and also choose not to do everything and that's totally cool because that's you know everyone does their life you know reed can you tell us about your experiences uh with uh brazil camp sure oh <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh. Well, uh, I, I could, and um, for what it's worth, too, even before we get there, I did want to say, you know, I am trying to uh, teach a lot of samba at my school, and I know that, you know, teaching it in any capacity comes with its um, its heightened responsibility. But I did, I did want to say, since since Dana Montero also has 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 uh, has his 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 thing there. Last year, Dana and a group of his kids actually came to. Uh, to to Chicago to play, yeah to play, episode yeah, eighteen. So, <laughs> episode yeah, 18, I, I, I just I want to make sure I want to make sure everyone feels the love, so I'm trying to make sure I hit 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 all the points here. Uh, <laughs> uh, da- like I met Dana, uh, I believe a year before that, and um, I was like, man, you gotta come if you can come out there because he also got it lined up. He taught a class, and I know it says about says it there. He taught a class at this other university. Um, but he, I'm like, man, bring some kids. So he brought like five kids 
and like they hung out at our school a little bit. Uh, we yeah, we rehearsed some things. Nice. They played with us for our carnival show, and they had like a featured uh, little um, show that was just absolutely just mind blowing. And uh, you know, it was super cool to see that. And so basically, Dan and I were like chatting a lot. And then last spring. Uh, I was like, you know, F this, I had time. I was like, I'm going to come to see you, Dana. So um, I I went out to New York City and primarily hung with Dana for about three days. Yeah, to, so went to Frederick nice. Douglass Academy. Um, you know, I was laughing a lot, laughing almost continuously, hanging out with his students, um, you know, seeing how he does his thing there. And also just getting pumped about getting pumped, you know. And, uh, and I know... You know, for for what it's worth, too, New York is super far away from, you know, Brazil Camp and uh, the West Coast. But the stuff that uh, you know that Dana has got going on at his school is is pretty is pretty wild, and um, it's something that I you know I certainly aspire to. It's also pretty interesting to hear him talk about all his stuff too, you know, and also the fact he's you know he's coming out with this book, and uh, well, he came out with the book, and he's got these kids that, you know, are playing Kaisha. Like, like, you know, like a bunch of crazy guys. And, you know, they, he's developed a culture where everyone is, like, super into it, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you were asking about Brazil camp. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first of all, I, 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 I feel very fortunate to be able to go to Brazil camp. It's, it's always been a goal of mine, and it's been a little bit difficult um, with trying to, first of all, physically get out there from the, you know, from the Midwest. That's a whole other kind of uh, boundary in, 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 in one respect, but also to have the time at the end of August, because for the longest time, I was like always trying to find a job for a high school. And uh, and uh, the time that uh, people are calling back and there's a little bit of shifting, if you will, is like late August. And like I was like, I can't go because I might miss out an opportunity. But I, I, I was able to go mm-hmm. uh, first time in 2011. Uh, and then I've been there a few times since. Sadly, I was not able to go last year. And also a few years ago, I was able to go for two weeks. That was crazy. And even a few years, one year before that, I was actually able to get a grant from this organization in Chicago that, that paid uh-huh. for it and also nice. paid for some drums and paid for some lessons. So I was actually able to like, wow. get this is super cool. And actually, I'm going to apply for that grant again uh, this coming. You're only eligible every few years and I'm going to do it again this summer. But uh, Brazil camp. I, uh, I I think it's you know it, it definitely has some you know some uh, predetermined like platform type uh, like mecca of a spot. I had some friends that would always go to it when I when I first started getting into samba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good buddy, a good college buddy, uh, my buddy Kyle. He went. And he's like, dude, it's awesome. It'll blow your way. And of course, Dane Dane would always go, and it seemed like the epic like epic hang. So I I think I always held it in 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 most highest appropriate, uh, respectful, uh, you know, whatever insert other adjective. So then so so and when I finally went there, I was like, oh, it's not that bad, you know. So, <laughs> it's okay. But no, it's 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 it still blows my mind. You know, I I was felt really guilty. Well, I feel guilty of something else that I'll talk to uh, Diana in a second about. But uh-huh. uh, but I, I feel uh-huh. <laughs> I feel I felt really real guilty the first time I went. I was just like, uh, gotta go to every class. If I don't transcribe this correctly, like I'm a failure, and I I'm, you know <laughs> you know 
Uh, I think that first year is hard for a lot of people because they just, you yeah, know, it's, fear of missing out. You know, you want to get everything. You want to go to every class and every, you know, every little thing that happens. And then I, I had some buddies that shall remain nameless. I had some buddies that would do work study and like, or they would do stuff and I always felt bad for them. But then also then they would like, they would like sleep in. I'm like, man, what are you doing? You sleep in? Like, you got to get to class. Like, you know, so that first year, of course, was an adjustment period. And also, you know, hashtag uh, bring this back in again. I flew United the first time and I brought my I brought my chumbao. Okay. And I was like, dude, I'm like ready to like just hate, you know, again, I'm not afraid to say, I, you know, I don't know anything, but I, you know, I'm like, let's play chumbao. I'm going to destroy my hands. I didn't like my skin anyway, you know. So that first year, I'm like, let's play some chumbao. So I brought my chumbao. Of course, that was a horrible decision because, you know, I, you know, I don't know anyone that has, well, what, well, I don't have the chops to like rip Chumbao for 90 minutes every day uh, with, a, with a large group of people. But that was fun anyway. But anyway, I'm flying back and I have a soft case for my Chumbao. And like, oh, okay. Okay. I've got to back up. The first time I went to Brazil camp, I missed my flight. I actually like stayed up all night. I had a friend in town. We were like, we were hanging super hard. And I like, next thing I know, like it's like 4.35 in the morning and I didn't pack. And like I, I, I had to get, it's really easy to get to the, it's really easy to get to the uh, O'Hare airport from this one train. So I'm like, oh, you know, I can, if I get here at this time, blah, I'll be fine. So like I really didn't go to sleep. I'm th- I don't know what to pack. I'm throwing stuff in. I have I'm not I'm still probably not even in the right state of mind. And then like I'm like okay I got a like suitcase. I got a chumbao and I'm walking to the train and I'm like man it's it's hot. I'm sweating so much. I'm like so grossly uncomfortable. I get on the train. I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm screwed. And also, my, I was looking at my watch. I wasn't looking at my cell phone at this time. You know, it's like, I'm just screwed. So I get to, I completely missed the flight, feel like an idiot. Um, you know, just keep on taking, now I guess the kids say taking L's. I was taking a bunch of L's. I was losing super hard. And then basically, long story short, I got there. Um, the sleeping bag was cold as hell. I didn't bring, I didn't bring a jacket. I had to beg someone for a sweatshirt. Um, like I think I brought a flashlight, a cool flashlight, but I, but I didn't have my li- like lithium batteries. So like I had no flashlight, and I just was like, oh man, I can't let this happen again. Um, so that, and then I flew back, and my Chumbawa just was completely destroyed. Oh, like no. it looked like, yeah, it looked like so. I I I I I, I bought a Chumbawa from from Espirito Drums from what's his name in Florida for no, no longer no longer going down, but um. Ken Campagna, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right, I know him. Yeah, Ken Campagna used to be chatting with him all the time. Got a Chumbao, super pumped. It was an eight lug Izo. I think, yeah, right, eight lugs, aluminum. And it just was like, just like someone jumped, like in the middle and just bent it. And I just was super pissed. Like, I tried it, you know, took a picture and like sent it to uh, United. Like, I guess there officially is some timeline. Since like I think I like got back at like six, I think what happened I, I took like some red eye flight back from Chicago, um, and then like I just passed out you know immediately and then like you know woke up later pulled up in the Trimbao and f- found it was dead and like 
basically tried to email United. They said, that, you know, I'm sorry, but the time frame already passed. You're screwed. So, but luckily I took it. I had a brass repair guy who fixed like brass instruments. He was able to knock out the dents and re re rechew the rim. And like, um, wow. yeah. So, so that was the first year. And then I was like, man, that's super cool. So, you know, all the other years I went, it was awesome. Had a great time. Uh, you know, had had uh, you know, what first year I think at at the advanced battery was Anderson, uh, so that was super cool. Had a great time. And then the set, then, then the two years after that, uh, it was Ailton doing the advanced battery. That was super cool. And then after that, I was able to do. I've, I always wanted to do a Maracatu thing with uh, Scott. I was never really able to be there until he was there. When he was, you know, it's it was always like one week. And so the Marca too is super sick. And then, you know, and then did the year with uh, uh, Jojao, and that was super cool. And, you know, been having a lot of fun. So, and I think it's it's super interesting to, to see. It's I've, I feel also very informative to see how all the other people are, all the other groups are, the different group dynamics, you know, and also like, you, you know, you know, aligning your soul with other like-minded individuals, you know, because then it, it's more refreshing to then come back to your your own home situation and be like, oh, this kind of does suck. But that time at Brazil camp was sick, so I'm good for a while. <laughs> you know, it's like I can I can, I can put it in, put it in my pocket and hang. You know, when I'm feeling down. That leads me to a question, Reed. Um, yeah. What Uh-oh. inspires you? Like running a community group can be, um, you know, challenging at times. Um, what keeps you going? You know, I, I, I think I'm going to ask you the same question. No, uh, <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to answer the question with the question. No, I, that's, I think what it is, is I think you realize what could happen. And I'm always constantly realizing what could happen. And I think I trick myself into um, believing that it, that it can happen. And then it does happen like mm-hmm. once in a while, you know, um, I still, I still would like to think of myself as I try to have faith with a lot of stuff, both, you know, both musically and, and life-wise, but also I think uh, the motivation is that, you know, it could happen and it can happen. And then I think, I think, you know, and especially when I look at some of the older scene cats or people that have been doing it who don't have the resources that are now available and that still maintain uh, positivity and just getting inspired by the music. I then find that ins- inspiring. You know, when I think of, I think of, uh, you know, I think of George Alabe still doing it. I think of Vata Ketu. I think of, you know, Professor Spiro. I think of all this stuff that, uh, you know, what is it that made them, you know, super into it? And there's still something about of the kind of intangible, like what is what is so cool about it. I still have trouble putting my finger on it, but I think I get more. If I I'm the type of person if I see other people like jacked up at all in any capacity of teaching, like I get I get pumped up, you know. And then and then there are days when I'm like, man, this is the the only reason I can feel good is like I know I'm gonna be able to play samba today for like 90 minutes, and <clears throat> even though everything else like people are still forgetting the thumb break which has not changed in you know four or five years 
but it's like so I mean I jumped around a little bit. What do I get inspired about? I get inspired when I hear and, and see other people that have still been at it, you know, and that I still feel that there's something that could happen, you know. The fact that you guys have this, you know, you have this podcast, I mean, and I and I you know, I I'm I'm a little, you know, intimidated to say intimidated by all the other people that are that you've already hit you know it's like there's the podcast there's brazil cap for 20 years and you know maracatu people are getting crazy about that you know it's an interesting time and i think that there's tremendous potential and then i, I again kind of try to be realistic with it this last uh big record that uh that harji worked on and that we worked on like we were talking to this guy who was producing it and you know he, he ended up uh, leaving Chicago. He now lives in Nashville. But he said, you know, people have been talking about uh, the potential of the music scene in Chicago for like, you know, 20, 25 plus years. Everyone's always talking about it. Is it is there really potential? Is something ever going to happen? You know, and that's the thing that always kind of caught me with that. I'd, I'd like to think someday I might have a hundred person bateria if I can convince all my kids from school to come, which could happen, but it hasn't happened yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, and we all know how, how fast time does go, you know? And so I, I, I think I'm foolish enough to say that I, I just am eternally optimistic, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the straightest answer. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I think it was really honest and it was kind of, it was yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, yeah. So the last thing I will say about that is, even if it could happen, it never means it will happen. And there's, you know, this last year, I have, uh, to be completely honest, I have a to-do list that's right above my desk right now. And I had to basically clarify <laughs> and review some of some expenses that, that the organization spent today. And I mean, for the last year, but I was reviewing it today. And I looked back and like, I feel like every time I say this, even every time we have like, Dudu's come a couple of times. Georgie's now come for like three times. I'm like, man, I got to do it better. And that's the thing. Like, I feel as long as I still have that thought, like, I got to do it better. Like, I still got to do it. You know what I'm saying? If I said like, oh, this, I'm never doing it again, then I would be, you know, then I would feel a little bit different, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I still feel like I can do it better. And um, I think it's just a matter of creatively finding a way to fit all the puzzle pieces together because it's I, I i think that's what it is you know and sometimes we were talking to a friend this week and it's like you yeah. just have to do it yourself if you yeah know, if the big group's not going to go for it well maybe you just take the chance and do it yourself because if you really want to see it happen then well yeah it takes yeah that's exactly and if you want to you know what's the big quote everyone says to you like people find time for the things that they love you know and stuff like uh you know, if you love it, you'll find time for it. And that's the thing, you know, there was a time too, when we, when we were doing Samba, like a bunch of nights every, every week. And was it super awesome? Yeah. You know, is, is it going to be that way forever? No, but it's like, you got to do it when you can, you know? Hmm. And for, you know, the last thing I'll say about that is like, I was kind of bummed that I couldn't go to Bristol camp last year. Um, my my mom and dad were, were celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary and I was like home and I wanted to do some stuff and I was like super pumped for that but then I'm like man you know a year has gone a year has gone by you know although I, I, I probably can't ask everybody at you know 
at CBC straight up, and it's like, did did you know? Did Dennis and Rich think that that you know that it would last twenty years? You know, it's like, what was you know what was the first? <laughs> you know what I mean? What was the first type of? Uh, what was the first like post discussion of that first year when they had all the Capoeira stuff too? You know. We should ask him that yeah, question. We'll I interview them again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because the, yeah, the, I, I mean that, that's what I think is is crazy too. Like, what what is that first initial thought? And then also, why is it why is it that you know we, there's the community of those type of people? And of course, everyone not everyone can get along. And I know that you know I'm well aware of of the interworkings of any personal relationship in anything. But it's like people get excited about Brazil camp, like Bola, like t- text, you know. <laughs> 37 weeks motherfuckers you know it's like it's like i it's like i'm just here with pork chop eating fucking tacos you know it's like you know uh and i'm like you know texting you know i just got a text from him and i need to respond to him but he's like you know he's building some he's building some stuff he's ready you know and you know i still think it's exciting to get that a couple of those confirmation emails you know uh, oh, yeah. I still have recordings that I haven't, you know, properly labeled, but I, you know, still at some point I'm going to, you know, <laughs> and then I, I think also, you know, you think about the community, you know, it's like, you know, you just, you know, I'd, li- I'd like to think that, you know, everyone kind of, that the more years that you're there and the more years that more people can go, you know, you can extend a little bit more, you can meet and hang, you can't hang with everybody. It's just not going to happen. And then some people are tired you know but it's like yeah that's why yeah. i thought you and courtney knew each yeah. other because you have both gone no i think I, I think i do know i think i do know you courtney i feel like i'm gonna ask some i and i was i'm gonna ask some questions did you play did you play um second surdu uh when ayilton was there like three years ago yes yeah so i was right next to you playing time oh, there we go oh, yeah yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know Courtney, but that's, okay. that's right. Okay, yeah, wait, right? I need to give yes. a public service announcement right now. I am really <laughs> bad with faces. And so if I, anybody out there who's listening, if I have met you and I don't recognize you, tell me that we know each other because <laughs> I am super bad about that, about not recognizing people. Okay, cool. So that's, that's, that's who, that's who I am. I was, okay. I was, Hi. <laughs> I, I, be, I believe I tried to say hello to you a few times. Oh. That I cannot, I cannot recall specifically. Oh. No, that's <laughs> no, all. It's all good. No, I hear, I hear you, and that's the part of partially like I, I know too. It's it's hard. It's hard, and sometimes, um, you know, it's also whatever. Whatever. It's hard to know everybody all the time, and I sometimes it's kind of it's kind of funny, but you, you, it always takes a second, and it's it's hard to remember everybody. So your face is melting back into my memory now. I'm remembering you. Yeah, I was playing tambourine right next to you. Yes, yep. yeah. yes right yep. next to me. I do remember that. Yeah, we did talk yeah. a couple of times. It was kind of intense, though. That, that was because <laughs> that, that whole thing was intense. Also, again, I, that was another time at Brazil Camp when I was exploring exploring the whole not showering type of deal because I was trying to maximize <laughs> I was trying to maximize hang time with Jimmy and like other people. I think you end up minimizing hang time when you go without a yeah. Oh, well, no, true, true. Okay, <laughs> I, true. I, I, I hear you, but no, I think, as I recall, like I'm like, you know what? I'm just like, I'm gonna like, I'm just gonna splash some water in my face. I trim my beard a little bit down. I'm cool. Like I just want to hang. So that did not necessarily um, transfer to 
uh, anything anything other than uh, uh, Jimmy. That year, Jimmy and I hung out pretty hard all the time, and I if I felt a little gross too because we were like we were smoking cigars and you know just uh, constantly drinking, which was which and uh, which was fun, you know. But um, I thought in my mind. I would first of all. I don't want to bring a wet towel back on the plane. No one likes a wet towel in a suitcase. I just. I mean, I think you're going to have to agree with me on that. And then second of all, it's like, I just want to. I just want to hang out. I have. I'm not here to impress anybody. You know. I'm just going to just do do it. And I like. I felt good. You know. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. You be you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the last thing we didn't say. I, you know what, if we still have time, I was going to bring up the only other funny thing that Diana would, would it, I think it is definitely appropriate it, 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 with respect to uh, story, stories and Brazil camp. No, is that cool, Diana? Or did we... Oh, sure. sure. Okay. So, and Diana, you can, you can please feel free to interject as the spirit catches you. Okay. <laughs> and and keep in mind. Oh no, I, I will I'll say that at the end. Okay, so I believe this was not last year but the, the year before that. <laughs> and uh uh I was working on, you know, socializing with um Bola and Jimmy and I you know, I I I'll say this, I you know, I don't you know, drinking there are issues with drinking. And there I've encountered over time, drinking can be a bad thing uh, in the wrong situation. And some people, you know, struggle with that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, promote any type of inappropriate social drinking. But I was hanging out with Bola by his huge truck. <laughs> and I don't even know why we got talking. And, we, you know, we were just talking about stupid stuff. And then all of a sudden... I believe like the, the, the topic of booze came up and also was like, you know, someone left a bottle of uh, bullet bourbon uh, in the front seat of my seat of my car. And I think at the time, I think like Jimmy and I had just ran out of, uh, of, of, of <laughs> what would you call drinks? And so <laughs> long story short, we're like, as I recall, we exhausted all possibilities through discussing with Bola. And so as I remember, Jimmy was like, well, screw it. Let's take this bottle. Um, so we took I this. Were, I think there were two bottles and like something else. Yeah, yeah that's right. There were, there were, there were various things, but then it I. Was, someone had gone shopping, obviously. Yeah. Someone had gone shopping. Someone but, being me. Yeah, yeah. Someone being Diana. And at some point then there was just, everything else was gone, but the, uh, is, uh, there was just the bottle. And so next thing we know, Jimmy and I have the bottle and, um, <laughs> and, uh, we're drinking a little bit of it. And then I believe this was maybe like Thursday night um, faculty performances or something. And, yeah, because I, I usually get there Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like I think I, I still – and it, it was a substantial amount. I still had it in my pocket. So like we were sitting back and like uh, I was drinking a little bit more. Jimmy was drinking. Next thing you know, it's, it's, pretty, much, it's pretty much gone, okay? And then, you know, and I'm a little foggy on some of the details, but all of a sudden, Bola comes over to me and he's like, where is that bottle? And I'm like, and I'm like, what, this bottle? I like pull it out. I'm trying to be secretive about it because like you could, you could tell, so I, you could tell something was up and like I pull out the bottles empty. 
And um, he's like, holy shit, he's like, holy shit, that's somebody's bottle that you just drank. And I'm like, I immediately felt shame. <laughs> I immediately felt inappropriate. But then it got even better because all of a sudden he's like, you know, you got to see this or something. And I went, I went back with a group of people. I still had the bottle in my like pocket. And like we go back to just check the board or whatever. We were walking somewhere, and at this at this point, at this point, like Diana uh, wrote a message on the board, like, "Who would even consider stealing booze?" Blah blah blah. What the heck is wrong with you? You are a horrible person. I hope you and your mother die. I you know, no, no, it's something like that. And I, I kid you not. I kid you not. I believe I, I was with a small group of people, and all of a sudden, like someone like said, "Oh my God!" Like read this, and someone is like, "Who the hell? Who the hell would who who has the nerve to do this?" And like a lot of people are like, "What? What?" And they're like, "Get a load of this! Somebody stole somebody's bottle of bourbon and they drank it." Who has the nerve? I, you know, like people are like, like a small crowd gathers. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there, like, just oh my god, you know, just white as a, white as a, white as a sheet, just feeling like a piece of crap. Finally, I find Jimmy. And hungover, probably. Yeah, yeah, pr- probably. That's why everything was really kind of freaking me out. And uh, finally, found Jimmy. We we uh, we chat, and then as I understand, uh, Jimmy rect- rectified the situation. Yeah, there, was a, there was a peace offering. There was a peace offering, yes. uh, and so. I, st- I, st- I still feel guilty about it. And I still have the bottle, so I, I kept the bottle. I have the bottle in my fireplace. Oh, that's hilarious! Uh, so Reed now knows never, especially don't steal Diana's bullet bourbon. That's the story. At the time, it was much more. You all know now. Yeah, now everybody knows. It's not that funny to kind of try to recount it, but. I felt bad, Diana. I still feel bad. And when I when I see you, I will give you a, I will give you a hug, and I will do I'll do whatever you want, and I'll bring, yeah, I'll get you some ice. <laughs> not that not that things will replace what I did to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we had this moment together. I feel like we really worked through yeah. some stuff, and uh, that's what this podcast yeah. is about. Yeah, therapy. People. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Is there anything else that we haven't asked you about that yeah. you want people to know? Uh, you know, do you have I'd anything say, you know, you'd like to promote? Any- no, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'd say you know, uh, anyone that is ever in Chicago, you know, um, you know, please consider hitting me up, um, hitting anybody up. And I just like you know to think you know I know people. It's hard to keep in contact with everyone, but you know, I'd like to say I'd, I'd I'd feel like if anyone ever reaches out in any way, you know. Uh, you know, in any capacity, try to help 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 one another, and that's the biggest thing. That's the only thing how some of this stuff can continue to uh, continue to grow and build. We're trying to plan our big samba hit in June. Uh, I know Chicago is you know is in the Midwest; it's a little bit further away, but you know, everyone's welcome. If anyone ever needs anything, if there's anything anyone can do, if I can do, if anyone ever wants to ask, you know, connect on Facebook, try to connect on email. It's like I'd love to say that we all can help each other out but you know realistically it's hard to keep in contact with everybody yeah you got any shout outs is that it that is <laughs> shout out yeah i got man i got i got i got a couple shout outs well personally i'm just feeling feeling in a good mood because I'm, I'm heading out of town tomorrow but uh, sh- you know shout outs shout outs to you know philip galinsky shout outs to uh 
<laughs> everybody on the East Coast, you know, I always feel that some people in, uh, in the East Coast would probably wish they could make it to Brazil Camp more, more frequently, but just cannot. You know, shout out to California Brazil Camp East. Does, yeah. it, does anyone remember this? When that was like supposedly going to uh, happen? Yeah. yeah. And uh, remember that? And then that never happened. I actually put money down for that. And then I got a call. It never happened. Um, shout out to all, all my homies in the Midwest, all, everyone in Chicago. Shout, a lot of cool guys in Madison. Shout out to my buddy Graham. Uh, and Tom, who do a bunch of the oh, Samba stuff in Madison. Amphibians. The Amphibians, yep. Shout out shout out to you guys. Shout out to Austin. Shout out to Boulder. Shout out to George Alabe. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Biala. Well, thank you so much, Reed, yeah. for joining us. Yeah, thank you for coming on, taking the thank time. Thank you for doing this. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing you got going, and I, you know, I hope people keep listening to everything. If you would like to connect with Reed, you can find him on Facebook. He's um, on the Evanston and Fatbook Facebook pages. Also, you can find them. And on Tinder. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding, Reed. <laughs> and, and you can also <laughs> find him on his website. Let's see. EvanstonEscola.wordpress.com. So um, we've got a couple of shout outs where uh, <laughs> I don't know if Reed's on Tinder. He may or may not be. You can you can try it. Out. Um, we'd like to give a shout out this week to a new follower and liker on Facebook. Anthony Neal from Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks for liking our stuff. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to a mystery listener. I don't know if he's there anymore. A, a certain Jeremy Parker. We have not heard word from him in months. <laughs> he used to be our number 10 fan now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's going down in the ranks. So if you're out there, Jeremy, send us a, a sign of life. <laughs> Hope you're okay. <laughs> yes. We're thinking about you. Send up a flare if you need help. <laughs> Maybe we'll see him at camp. Oh, that's an idea. <laughs> Maybe one day. Him and Lana, his little girl. Anyway, uh, those are my shoutouts. Like our stuff on our various social media pages, and I can shout you out as well. But not Tinder. We aren't. We don't have the Brazilian beat on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Nor you are not on Tinder. <laughs> uh... So, yeah, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. You can email us at thebrazilianbeat at gmail.com. Where else are we? Uh, you can stream our podcast through our website, thebrazilianbeat.com. And you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Player FM. And if you have another place you'd like to listen to it on let us know email us thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time